New Year, a new surge. People across Asia are celebrating the Lunar New Year. And in China, many are traveling to see loved ones for the first time in years. But what about the virus? Officials are telling people not to report what they see back home in rural areas. But why is that? Especially after CCP leader Xi Jinping's comments about seeing light ahead in terms of the virus surge. At the same time, China's own top health official has warned that this might not be the only virus surge China will face off against. Has COVID-19 peaked in China? Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. As many of China's 1.4 billion people endure a blistering winter amid a virus outbreak, Officials say infections have reached their peak, while propaganda outlets are emphasizing a new beginning. But is the situation really looking up? Many citizens are still struggling to cope with a nationwide COVID-19 surge. That's as they mourn loved ones who succumb to the infection. Others say they're fearful of what lies ahead. Overall, China's expected to face a total of three COVID-19 waves. Two of them are still approaching. The prediction comes from China's own top health official, Wu Junyou. He's China's chief epidemiologist and the face of the nation's pandemic response, like Anthony Fauci in the U.S. According to Wu, China's current infection spike would run until mid-January. The second wave is expected to begin this weekend, triggered by mass travel for the Lunar New Year holiday. Officials estimate more than 2 billion trips will be made across China from mid-January to mid-February. After that, the third infection surge would run from late February to mid-March, marking the travelers' return to work after the holiday. Those predictions raise a key question. How many COVID-19 cases and deaths has China seen? Official data on the extent of the outbreak has been very limited. A Chinese official's daughter wrote on Twitter that 17 of her friends and relatives have died in less than a month. She said based on what she's seen, officials are covering up the true death toll. She noted hundreds of thousands of people died in the city of Beijing alone in one month. China has said nearly 60,000 people died of COVID-19 in hospitals in recent weeks. That official death toll comes as some doctors say they've been discouraged from listing COVID-19 on death certificates. Funeral homes across China are also spending more on items like body bags and cremation ovens. Starting this week, China's internet regulators said it would censor any so-called fake information about the spread of the virus. This includes video clips, photos and text that internet users post online. Hundreds of millions of Chinese are traveling back to their hometowns for the Lunar New Year. Sunday will mark the first holiday in three years that's unburdened by health restrictions. The travel rush has triggered fears of a further surge in COVID-19 infections. But for many, this is the first opportunity to visit home in years. Here's the latest. Travelers packed Beijing West Railway Station on Friday, many returning to their hometowns for the Lunar New Year. The relaxation of COVID-19 restrictions has let loose a wave of pent-up travel desire, particularly around China's most important time for family gatherings. Friday is expected to be the busiest day of travel in years. It's been three years since I went home. We will spend the new year with our parents because we haven't been back home for two years. My parents are older in age. They also got the virus, but now they are okay. So we need to go home. 
In China's financial hub, Shanghai, passengers in a crowded hall were seen waiting for a train inside a major railway station. And in Wuhan City, the former epicenter of the pandemic in China, passengers piled into trains for the holiday. U.S. businesses are pushing the Biden administration to drop tariffs on Chinese goods. They argue the duties have increased their import costs. Former President Trump slapped tariffs on over $300 billion worth of Chinese goods. That's after investigation found that Beijing has been stealing American know-how. China's intellectual property theft costs the U.S. up to $600 billion per year. The combined tariffs slapped on China from 2018 to now total over $160 billion. The duties cover a range of industries, from microchips to chemicals, apparel and furniture. There are competing interests when it comes to whether or not to lift the tariffs. Business groups are against the penalties, while large labor unions have been rallying for Biden to keep them. They say lifting them would hurt American workers. Biden's aides have also been divided on the issue. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says she's leaning towards rolling back some tariffs. But U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai has defended them, calling the measures a significant piece of leverage when negotiating with China. She also noted that a trade negotiator never walks away from leverage. Is the Chinese Communist Party following through on its economic promises? A speech in Switzerland is casting doubt. At the Davos World Economic Forum, China's Vice Prime Minister Liu He vowed his country wouldn't return to a planned economy. Meanwhile, Beijing is further boosting the state-owned sections of its economy and limiting market access for private companies. Here's an example. China is launching a state-owned ride-hailing platform known as Strong Nation Transport. State media says the platform will combine over 90 percent of the country's transportation market. That's including services like ride-hailing and cargo trucking, plus transport by road, railway, ferry and aircraft. The platform will also be available through most of the country's ride-hailing providers. Critics have seen the move as another attempt by Beijing to take over the market. The platform spells bad news for ride-hailing app Didi. The company accounted for 91 percent of China's entire car-sharing market in 2018 and continued to dominate from there. But the state-run platform isn't the only blow the company has faced from Chinese authorities. In 2021, Beijing banned new registrations and downloads for the app. This after the company listed in the U.S. stock market against the wishes of Chinese regulators. Beijing forced the company to delist from the New York Stock Exchange last year. Didi was also fined more than a billion dollars for so-called breaches of data security laws, though Beijing never publicly released details of the alleged violations. Didi got the green light to resume new user registrations in China earlier this month after a year-and-a-half-long suspension. Even with the reinstatement, Frank Xie, business professor at the University of South Carolina, Aiken, said private companies in China will never be able to compete with the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP. He noted that Beijing's clampdown on private companies is still happening and explained that the CCP already has the nation's most profitable sectors under its control, citing energy, communications, banking and transportation. He added that the only reason why Beijing doesn't control the tech sector is because authorities don't yet know how to.
women soldiers and mandatory enrollment. Taiwan is making big changes to its military with an eye on China. For the first time, the island's women will be allowed to sign up for voluntary training for reservist forces. Let's take a look. The news comes just weeks after the Democratic Island announced plans to extend compulsory military service for Taiwanese men. From four months to one year, starting 2024. Women already serve in Taiwan's military, but most are in non-combat roles. The training isn't open to all civilian women, though. It's a trial run, only available to female soldiers who have been discharged. A group of over 200 women will begin training closer to springtime. So what's prompting the changes? The Chinese Communist regime sees Taiwan as part of mainland Chinese territory and has vowed to take Taiwan by force if necessary. On Wednesday, Taiwan's vice president and the newly elected chairman of Taiwan's ruling party pledged to stand up to Beijing's aggression. The pragmatic acceptance is that Taiwan is already a sovereign independent country and there is no need to separately declare Taiwan independence. Taiwan and China are not subordinate to each other, and only Taiwan's 23 million people can decide their future. Lai is widely expected to run as the party's candidate for president in early 2024. He has repeatedly stated that Taiwan is a sovereign, independent country. It's a policy that crosses Beijing's so-called red line, a point of no return for diplomacy. China cannot be out. China must be in. That's the message from France's finance minister this week. He says it marks a key difference between the U.S. and European Union policy. He explained, quote, we don't want to oppose China. We want to engage with China. We want China to obey by the same rules. The EU is in the midst of balancing relations with both the U.S. and China. Europe has labeled Beijing a strategic rival, but maintains extensive business ties. Based on 2021 data, China was the EU's largest partner for goods imports and its third largest for exports. Likewise, experts say China's financial outlook is improving, with its borders now reopened and its strict zero-COVID-19 policy rolled back. Now, with the reopening of China, we expect growth this year to again exceed global average. We project 2.7% for the world. This may be corrected somewhat in a couple of days. For China, we project 4.4%. EU authorities also hope to cooperate with China on climate. The French president is expected to visit China in the coming weeks. The Chinese embassy in Lisbon, Portugal, is changing up surveillance on its grounds. The embassy removed or repositioned three large 360-degree cameras on Thursday. The surveillance tech was reportedly first installed two months ago. Residents called them a blatant violation of privacy and said they might be able to film apartment buildings and public roads. Portuguese law states surveillance cameras cannot point at properties or public streets and must only capture what is strictly necessary to cover access to the property. A day after the adjustment, Beijing said the cameras are for national security and not intended to target residents. Beijing's ability to surprise China watchers has remained intact since the pandemic erupted. Its zero-COVID-19 policy collapsed more abruptly than anyone could have anticipated. But what does the sudden reopening mean for the Chinese economy and the world? We sat down with three experts to find out more. This year's biggest economic event is already underway. It's marked by China's border reopening and reconnecting with the outside world. 
But globally, experts say normality is unlikely to return anytime soon. China's entire economy is in recession. The world economy is not going to benefit from that. That's as an estimate says millions in the country are catching COVID-19 daily. Hospitals are overwhelmed. So are crematoriums. Experts warn it will lead to short-term strain on China's workforce and the global supply chain. So you will see at first place a, you know, a fall in economic activity, right, and a, a, a decrease in exports as supply chains are, are going to be really affected by the, the greater infection rates in China. But MacroLens chief strategist Brian McCarthy says that may not be an issue because global demand for Chinese goods is weakening. The main problem with supply chains was just that they were overloaded. It was just overwhelmed by, you know, supernormal consumption of goods, much of which is transited internationally. And as that's calmed down, the supply chain has healed. What about the impact of China's emergence from lockdown restrictions? Colares says the reopening might lift global growth, but that won't happen until its COVID-19 outbreak is over. The sooner that China recovers, the better for the West as well. But Xie says China won't always be a major player in the world economy, especially after years of economic turmoil caused by the pandemic. I think the Chinese economy is receding significantly and could go back to its situation from 20 years ago. Then its share of global GDP would be reduced. But a boost from China's reopening would come with a major side effect, inflation. China is the world's leading importer of oil and many other commodities. And increased demand for energy will be felt around the world. Interest rates are already going up globally to curb inflation risks from China's emergence. In that scenario, China's reopening may not result in higher growth, but in higher inflation or interest rates. Coming up, the discovery of President Biden's classified documents in multiple areas and the lobbying efforts of Chinese-owned app TikTok, both of them triggering national security concerns tied to China. China's gaining influence over the Department of Defense and the U.S. military through lobbying efforts. We spoke to Rex M. Lee, cybersecurity advisor at MySmart Privacy, for more. Those details and more in just a minute here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. The discovery of President Biden's classified documents is triggering concerns tied to China. We spoke to Rex M. Lee, cybersecurity advisor at MySmart Privacy, about his take on the news and also about TikTok lobby efforts inside U.S. federal agencies. Here's what he had to say. So this is very relevant. Hunter Biden had a, uh, an investment uh, company uh, called BHR, BHR Partners, and it was tied to BHR Lithium in China. Uh, so as you know, I've done a lot of uh, research on uh, Chinese lobbying in general um, that we've also reported on in the past. And one of the things that I found out through my research was that Hunter Biden actually showed up as a lobbyist for BHR. Uh, and it said he was an employee um, not not a consultant or anything like that. And there and this is in public record. So I pulled out a public record. I sent it to you all. I sent you the screenshot with Hunter Biden. So that ties him directly to BHR, uh, Chinese Lithium uh, Company, as well as uh, lobbying efforts in Washington, D.C., or influence peddling, uh, as it's known. <clears throat> now, this is highly concerning because during the, during the timeline of the... Uh, 
classified documents. That was when uh, President Biden was vice president under Obama. So this timeline, you have to look at the timeline roughly from about 2010 to 2019 or 20. Now, if you go back to uh, Hunter Biden's resume, uh, he was he was affiliated with two um, uh, companies uh, that were in the energy sector. One was Burisma out of Ukraine, which is also relevant. But let's talk about BHR, BHR first regarding BHR. Um, and Hunter Biden's resume, he was tied to BHR partners from 2013 to 2019. So he was basically employed uh, by BHR partners during that timeline. Well, this is the timeline of the documents. The documents date back into the uh, 2019 um, timeline, or you know, if you look at Joe Biden as uh, vice president, 2000. Uh, Eight to 2016, these documents were have been at that residence at least from 2019, if the reports are correct. Uh, and that's at the same time that Hunter Biden was uh, renting that residence, uh, which is Joe Biden's home. He was paying Joe Biden $50,000 a month to stay at that house. So all of this ties him together there. Now, there's another uh, concerning piece of information, uh, and it has to do with uh, Chinese uh, businessman uh, Patrick Ho, who also has ties to the Chinese uh, military intelligence and or the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, he was also associated with and very close to Hunter Biden during this period of time through the BHR lithium relationship. Um, and then this can also tie in uh, James Biden, uh, uh, President Biden's brother, James Biden, because in 2017, uh, Patrick Ho was arrested in the United States. And the first person that he had called was uh, James Biden uh, to get him out of jail, according to Peter Schweitzer, the author of Red Handed. So all of this ties the Bidens uh, closely to um, BHR, a Chinese lithium company. Definitely quite concerning if those are to be true. And Rex, zooming in on the lobbying efforts, you and I have talked about TikTok before, right? And especially in yes. terms of the National Defense Authorization Act. <clears throat> but it seems that TikTok lobbying efforts go beyond that. So tell us what you found. Okay, uh, real quickly, I want to bow tie the uh, information with Hunter Biden because um, this all ties back to the Inflation Reduction Act and the omnibus bill in the inflation in the inflation reduction act there were 385 billion dollars set aside and the omnibus bill was 140 billion uh, so that's over a half a billion dollars set aside for green initiatives now if you look at this um, that's a lot of money we can tie this back to Afghanistan and our withdrawal from Afghanistan because the Brookings Institute re, uh, um, put together a report and they uh, released it in August of 2022, uh, stating that China's investment in lithium in Afghanistan was, was leading the world. Um, and why is this important? Because we pulled out of Afghanistan and they have the world's largest lithium deposits. Uh, so. We pulled out of Afghanistan at a time where migrating to green energy, 
Yet we left the world's largest uh, uh, lithium deposits uh, open um, and in, uh, allowed the Taliban to take control of that, who they have close ties to China. Now China is coming into uh, Afghanistan, and uh, they're going to be the leaders at mining that lithium out of Afghanistan. That, uh, that in and of itself is another national security threat that uh, we need to uh, um, be aware of uh, as well. So getting to uh, uh, ByteDance, again, this is tied to China's hybrid war um, fair um, against the West. Uh, ACG, American Continental Group, was hired by ByteDance, the developers of TikTok. ACG's, one of their founders is David Urban. He's a former presidential advisor to Trump and a former CNN host. Now go figure, how does a CNN host, <laughs> as liberal as they are, uh, have ties to uh, Donald Trump? So that's, uh, uh, you know, you know that uh, when I saw that, it, that didn't make sense to me, but David Urban is uh, the founder of there. Now, David Urban, it was reported last year that ByteDance hired David Urban as a senior vice president for North America for TikTok. Now, this is somebody who has no experience in app or platform development, so they hired him directly to do lobbying. So it's, it's kind of interesting that he works for American Continental Group and a founder, uh, and now he's employed by ByteDance as well, so he's getting two paychecks there. And uh, he's, he's also tied to Blackstone Investment as a lobbyist. Uh, and uh, so his, his, he, he's very, a very powerful uh, person in Washington, D.C., and uh, carries a lot of influence. So I, uh, as we reported before, um, ByteDance and American Continental Group were lobbying the National Defense Authorization Act of 2020. Well, I went back and looked at 2021, 2022, and 2023 and found that ByteDance was still lobbying the National Defense Authorization Act, which is tied to DOD spending. Uh, so this means that China's gaining influence over the Department of Defense and the U.S. military through lobbying efforts as well. Wow, and it seems it's not only that, but there's also, you know, in terms of the Supreme Court. So what's happening there and what does that mean for us? So also, I, I pulled up Bill H.R. 4346, Supreme Court Funding Act. <laughs> ByteDance was on there as a lobbyist. Well, American Continental Group on behalf of ByteDance was listed as a lobbyist on that bill, and that's funding for the Supreme Court. So you can see through ByteDance's uh, uh, lobbying efforts that they're infiltrating other institutions such as the Defense Department, as well as the Supreme Court through lobbying efforts. Uh, and this is more dangerous than, uh, uh, you know, selling products and services in the United States and becoming powerful that way. We're talking about them holding influence over our uh, judicial system, the Supreme Court, as well as gaining influence over our military through lobbying efforts, through former presidential advisors. So you can imagine the, the amount of information that David Urban has that he's been giving to uh, ByteDance, uh, which, you know, they have ties back to the Chinese Communist Party, um, who um, in 2021, um, it was reported by uh, Bloomberg that uh, a board member of 
uh, ByteDance, um, a, a board seat was assigned to a Chinese government official who is a, a member of the Chinese Communist Party. So they have a CCP member on their board. So you can imagine the implications of this. So uh, that was very concerning. Another um, a bill they were tied to was Bill HR 6837, no TikTok on Department of Homeland Security devices. So you can see here now they're infiltrating the Department of Homeland Security, the Supreme Court, and the, the Defense Department, uh, the DOD. Well, definitely quite eye-opening. Rex, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.